0: Are you ready for some football? He talks green and gold. This is the
1: huddle with Bill Michaels. Good evening and welcome. We are broadcasting live. We are at Club Paragon on Highway 100. We are in Greenfield. I love this place. And we get out here once a year. It's awesome. And especially this time of year, as you can see over in the Bud Light live stream, if you're watching the program, it is uh, always decorated. And it's kind of like coming to a giant log cabin. That's the way this uh, place was built years and years ago. As a matter of fact, the whole interior is logs and wood and just awesome. huge, huge place. And uh, you've got uh, the Christmas lights everywhere. The aquarium's always lit up and looks cool. They have probably 25 TVs in here. And they have everything from, uh, you know, college hoops on right now. They've got some of the college bowl game on right now. They've... Got NFL Live on, right? I mean, everything in here is all sports-related. The pool tables are going. The shuffleboard is going. The back party room has a party going on right now. There's one happening here in front of us. A lot of good stuff here at uh, Club Paragon. Highway 100 in Greenfield. Good to have you on board tonight. Uh, Ben Kenny. off. He is getting his uh, flat tire fixed. Uh, Ebo is in this evening. Good stuff there. Ebo, thanks as always for kind of filling a bill. I know Ben uh, had a nail or something in his tire, and he's he's got a lot of driving to do. So, ah, the life of a of a young producer, you know.
2: <laughs> totally. Uh, uh, he says he knows how to change a tire, but he didn't have his spare, so I'll believe him. I think he's stuck over Monona somewhere working on it. So we we hope the tire is okay.
1: <laughs> so he should be back at it tomorrow he said he's still sitting there he texted me he said i'm still sitting here. i'm not going to be here for a while i said okay cool uh in the meantime the green bay packers getting ready to take on the minnesota vikings this coming week in the packers 17 and one during the regular season in december and january games under matt lafleur it's a 944 winning percentage ranks number one in the nfl since 2019 kansas city's at number two at 17-3 with an 8.50. That's the regular season, by the way, not the postseason, the regular season. But uh, you'll take it because if the Packers can continue to win – then they're going to have a legitimate shot of making it into the postseason. Obviously, they need some help. Uh, you need the Washington uh, Commanders to take a fall this weekend. Packers continue to get a win and then get a win against the Detroit Lions coming up the following Sunday. It's going to be just the third January matchup for the Packers and the Vikings during the regular season. Three of the last four matchups between these two teams in Green Bay have been decided by six points or less. That goes all the way back to the tie in 2018 as well. The Packers have won four of the last five meetings. The last time these two teams got together was over there in, uh, in Minneapolis, obviously, earlier in the year. And the Packers, to say they looked bad, would be a massive understatement. Uh, I had Wayne Larrabee on the program a little bit earlier today, and I said, what is one of the keys to the game? And Wayne basically said, you know, when Justin Jefferson gets into Wisconsin, whether it's at the hotel, at dinner, getting off the bus, you've got to know where he's at. And that was one of the problems the Packers had in game one, was not knowing where Justin Jefferson was and the fact that he was catching passes and running all over them. It, it was it was almost to the point it was embarrassing. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers, obviously that first pass to Christian Watson, dropped after that. Everything, the wheels just kind of fell off. Rodgers was under pressure. Kirk Cousins had all day to throw. So we'll see if Joe Barry and that defense learned anything from the last time these, these two teams met up uh inside uh, u.s bank stadium and last time these two teams faced off against one another it's been a while since they've seen one another as a matter of fact uh through the first 123 meetings which includes a couple of postseason contests the packers hold a 64 57 and three edge over the vikings in the all-time series and since 2000 the packers are 26 17 and two in the regular season contest against the vikings and the packers have won 15 consecutive games in december That is the second longest such streak in the NFL in history. The only team with a longer streak of December wins were the Chargers, believe it or not, who won 18 straight in the calendar's final month through uh, 2006 through 2009, according to the Elias Sports Bureau. So the Packers have a little bit of this record on the line as well. In the meantime, uh, if you've been listening at all, and we're going to hear Paul Allen on the program with us tomorrow. Uh, the regular weekday program, but if you've been listening to uh, Minnesota radio, TV, what have you, at all, reading the papers, uh, they want nothing more than to come into Lambeau Field and punch the Green Bay Packers in the mouth and take away their hopes of getting to the postseason. That's it. That's all the talk is. They're talking about, you know, the possibility of positioning and this and that and who they could face. And, yeah, they understand that. But all they're talking about is this rivalry with the Packers and the fact that they can come in and end the Packers' hopes of getting to the postseason if they come in and beat them and beat them in in fair service. Now, don't forget, this is also the fifth-worst scoring defense the Vikings bring into town in the National Football League. They have been giving up points like a sieve. Uh, One of the problems for them winning has been the fact that they have had to have a lot of come-from-behind wins. Uh, As a matter of fact, out of 11, out of the 12 have been come from behind wins to where they've been one-score games. They've also had, I think it's seven, eight, or nine, I can't remember off the top of my head, of games where it was in the fourth quarter where they were trailing coming into that. uh, Against the Indianapolis Colts, they were down 33 points and came back and won it on a game-winning field goal to walk it off. They have had a lot of cardiac moments over there in Minneapolis, but they have enjoyed every one of them because, for the most part, they've been on the winning end. But when you start to look at point differentials in the National Football League for the teams that are right now leading in the National Football League, when you look at, say, Buffalo and Kansas City and Cincinnati and such and you start to look at these standings and you say with every team that's winning their division, the Buffalo Bills are a point differential 157. Cincinnati is uh, 85 uh Jacksonville's probably the worst at uh short of the Vikings at plus 22, but Kansas City's plus 106, Philadelphia plus 137, plus 145 for San Francisco. And then you got Minnesota at plus 5. But then again, the NFC South absolutely sucks. Everybody there has a sub 500 record. It's just the worst uh, the best of the worst of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're minus 38. Minus 38. In their plus-minus, when it comes to uh, being the division leader, uh, but the the Vikings with 12 wins only have a point differential of plus five. It says something about their defense. It says something that when they get beat, they can get beat pretty ho- pretty handily, and the fact that Kirk Cousins can make mistakes and this team can't turn the ball over says something about him as well. And Kirk Cousins can be hit, he can be rattled, but you got to get to him. So the plan this time, my assumption would be is, and you don't have Rashawn Gary. So what you're going to have to see out of Joe Barry is you've got to dial up some blitzes. you got to figure out ways to get pressure on the quarterback. Preston Smith has to play a big game. Devontae Wyatt now going to get the call because Dean Lowry down for the remainder of the season. He goes on the IR. And so Devontae Wyatt's going to be the guy. And it, that, that front three is going to get gassed. Uh, they're going to have to rotate some of those bodies in, but they're going to get gassed. They're, they're going to get tired. So you've got to get pressure on the quarterback early. You've got to get the defense with three and outs, get them off the field and not allow Justin Jefferson and, and company to be able to run rough shot over you by, you know, you playing off of him by four yards downfield and giving up the first down and living by death by a thousand cuts. You can't do it. You're going to burn out that front, front, uh, front line of your defense. Joe Barry has to be creative. Guys have to play better. Rasul Douglas starting to play better. You've got other guys, Jair playing better in the defensive backfield. So I, to me, it's it, it. this game, for as much as we want to talk about the offense and what Aaron Rodgers can do, this to me is a defensive game. It's this defense, this Packers defense against this offense of the Minnesota Vikings. If they can keep them stymied on third down, if they can get off the field, put them in long situations, and then press them. Don't get them into a second and nine and, and a third and eight and then play 12 yards off the ball. Press them at the line of scrimmage. You know, if you're going to give one up, give one up. But ultimately, don't live with death by a 1,000 cuts. Get your defense all worn out. And then hope that your offense doesn't go three and out. Saves this defense a little bit. Because if they don't, if, we, if, if they do what we've seen in the past, if Aaron Rodgers is not on, this could be a really, really, really long day for the Green Bay Packers. A lot has to go right for the Green Bay Packers to get a win in this one. I thought this one coming up against the Vikings would probably be a tougher matchup for the, uh, for the Packers than I did going into Miami. For whatever reason, I had a good feeling about Miami. I still picked the Packers to lose, but I had a, a like an iffy feeling. It wouldn't have surprised me if the Packers won that game. This one I don't feel real good about. This one going into Lambeau Field. I mean, I, I want to, but I don't feel real good about And I guess this is where you go to Jair Alexander and you say, dude, highest paid corner in all of football. You're the best defensive back that's out there, at least according to the money and what you've been preaching. You have got to be all over Justin Jefferson. you got to be in his shorts, man. Uh, going with Tim over in the Bud Light livestream saying, Jair has to run with Jefferson. Thompson I hope Joe Barry and the defensive coaches learn from the debacle in the first game against the Vikings, and they don't repeat the same mistakes. The Eagles showed how to shut them down in the, uh, in the offense in the second game of the season. Thanks for a great show. Appreciate it very much. Kyle says, how do you envision Barry using Jair on Sunday? Can't possibly play Jefferson in zone again, right? There's no effing way. No way. You can't. If you do, then he should not even be allowed out of the defensive coach's box down there on the field. Just stand in a corner, turn your nose to the wall, and and don't, don't come out until we tell you to, which will hopefully be about June. Beyond that, you can go look for a job. But you can't do the same thing and hope for the hope for different results. You just can't. So I think it's going to be putting pressure on Kirk Cousins. It's going to be a blanketing and maybe even keeping a safety near Justin Jefferson as well, along with Jair, and then let the chips fall where they may. And hope, hope that the offense can sustain, you know. Um, when it comes to the injury report, and I was reading that a little bit earlier today as well, uh, the Green Bay Packers, as we all know, banged up. Uh, and when you look at the injury report, you had uh, David Bakhtiari was back at practice today, which was good, but Christian Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Keyshawn Nixon, none of them participated today. Aaron Rodgers has a bit of a knee injury. He's going to play on Sunday, no worries, but he's got a bit of a knee injury. Christian Watson, though, with that hip injury, he stretched. He was out there, but he didn't do anything. Same thing with Keyshawn Nixon. He stretched. But he didn't do anything. That's not good because he is also a huge asset to the offense with field position. Alone with field. He's one of the top returners in football, and he's only been doing it for about three, four, five weeks, which is amazing. Uh, Yash Nyman's got that shoulder issue. He was limited today. Aaron Jones, we all know he has an ankle and a knee. They're taking it easy on him. Same thing with Elton Jenkins. Uh, Rudy Ford was back. He's got a wrist injury and a little bit of a nagging knee. He was fine. Uh, Chris Barnes, fine. David Bakhtiari was limited but was back. That was good to see. And they believe that if he can be a full go uh, on Friday, that he could possibly play in this contest coming up on Sunday. Although I will say this. Wayne Larry didn't sound real uh, hopeful that Bakhtiari would be back this weekend. He sounded more like they would have him ready for next weekend against the the Detroit Lions rather than this weekend. But if he's able to go, then you put him out there. And then obviously Jair Alexander has a forearm issue. In the meantime, uh, Ezra Cleveland, their guard, Cam Dansler, their corner, uh, no problem. Uh, You've got uh, James Lynch, the defensive lineman, he's got a shoulder issue, Uh, Garrett Bradbury, the center. He's got a a back issue. He's got some spasms going on. He didn't practice, but for the most part, the Minnesota Vikings coming into this contest pretty healthy. Uh, Let's do this when we come back. As we do, we want to hear what Matt LaFleur had to say. So stay stay tuned. Got a lot uh, coming up. We're going to hear from Matt LaFleur. Uh, We got Grant Bills coming up at the bottom of the hour. We're also going to hear from Mike Clemens tonight as well at the top of the hour. Bottom of the next hour, we'll get into the rest of the NFL. We'll start to make our picks. Ebo's joining us tonight. Ben's off. We'll get into uh, our picks uh, around the rest of the NFL. Stay tuned. We are broadcasting live. We are out here at uh, Club Paragon Highway 100 in Greenfield. Good. We're brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They're the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Stay tuned. We got more coming up right after this.
0: Oh, yeah. This is The Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: at club paragon highway 100 out here in greenfield i'm bill michaels and we are brought to you by our friends at bud light bud light is the official beer sponsor of the bill michaels sports talk network good to have you on board tonight uh before we do anything else uh matt lafleur uh, was at the podium a little while ago spoke a little bit later today so i wanted to make sure you got a chance to take a listen to it let's take a listen to matt lafleur talking to the media and getting his team ready for the vikings and dealing with a few injuries I think uh, then you really got to think this might be one of the hotter teams in football going into the postseason, and then at that point in time, maybe you believe anything is possible. Do I think that they're a Super Bowl-bound team? Of course not. I think I'm like 95% of you. You just want to see them get there. You'd love to see them face the Vikings in the postseason, knock the Vikings off. You'd love to see that. But I think there's a a, a small modicum of of hope, uh, of a glimmer of light somewhere deep within you that says, Maybe, maybe they can put it together. Maybe they can mature. Maybe the youth does come together. You know, maybe they are playing a little bit better. You know? So, and then the question becomes, and I had just had a buddy of mine that texted me this while we're sitting here listening to Matt, Matt LaFleur. And we're going to ask Mike Clemens the same thing. I talked to him about this. You know, with Jair Alexander and even Rasul Douglas and some guys originally talking about maybe they're not on the same page when it comes to Joe Barry and the defense, right? And they're doing a little freelancing. So what they did on Sunday and the picks they had, was that part of freelancing or was that part of some of the designed defense that Joe Barry was bringing to the table? I mean, there's a lot of things kind of circulating here now, and you're hoping to get a lot of answers over the next couple of weeks, obviously. But, um, man, defensively speaking, this is a tough, tough, and very tall order for the Green Bay Packers to take. Let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, got Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show going to be joining us. We'll talk with him, get his thoughts on all of this. We'll get his pick as well as to who he thinks is going to win this coming weekend between the Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. And uh, it's, like I said, it's going to be a tough one. This uh, portion of the program, as always, brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. They are the official Beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. It's the Bill Michaels Huddle tonight. Live, Club Paragon, Highway 100. Thanks to Rob. Thanks to Steve and Marcy who came by and all said hello. And uh, our reps are uh, from Bud Light on hand uh, tonight. Like I said, there's a couple of Christmas parties here. They're giving away T-shirts and hats and koozies and stuff. But uh, they were they were buying beer earlier. They were in here and uh, kind of doing the, hey, if you buy one, you get you get one. Not a bad way to go. if You're coming out to Club Paragon tonight. We'll see you here in just a little bit. Club Paragon, Highway 100 in Greenfield. We'll be right back. Where do we go? This is The Huddle with Bill
0: Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: bill michaels huddle we are broadcasting live via our friends at bud light at club paragon highway 100 in greenfield what a good day man what a good day got basketball on the uh, the big screens football on the screens hockey is up got some uh, bucks basketball getting ready to come up in a little bit you got all kinds of good stuff holiday parties after christmas parties dart leagues man they got everything going on out here tonight Good stuff. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to chime in, feel free to go ahead and do so over in the Bud Light live stream. Uh, joining us now, though, from the Wisco Sports Show is our buddy uh, Grant Bills. Grant, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing
3: swell, Bill. There's so much sports news today to talk about. A lot of NFL stuff. And I heard you and Mr. Kenny earlier today talking about toilet paper. So this has just been an excellent day. <laughs>
1: We run the gamut. We try to cover everything that there is to cover. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's start out first and foremost with the grass is not greener comment. Uh, We uh, get word that not only is David Carr being benched out in Las Vegas uh, for Jared Stidham, but now Carr has decided to, quote, step away from the Raiders for the remainder of the season after being benched uh you know i remember when devonte was all on board with aaron rogers talking about how players are treated like a business piece and commodity rather than like human beings i wonder if he feels the grass is still greener out in vegas you know well it's about the people bill that's what
3: rogers told us it's right about the people the people make the, the place or what i don't remember exactly what rogers said but this situation is so bizarre because Devontae Adams just got traded there after essentially requesting a trade from Green Bay, and they gave him this big deal. So I was talking with a caller or two on my show about what Adams does next. I, I don't really know if he has any recourse. Can he demand a trade Not now? Like, I, I don't know. But when is Vegas going to turn around and move him? It's so bizarre, and I, I don't know. Something's got to be going on that's weird there because a head coach doesn't just bench their consummate professional quarterback to go to a no-name guy. And then Derek Carr steps away from the team, and I saw that it was because he didn't want to be a distraction. Like, what what is that? There's got to be more behind that. So this whole situation is very, very bizarre. I agree. I don't get it.
1: Uh, Back here in our own backyard, Packers have a huge task at hand coming up on Sunday against the Vikings. Wayne Larvey said today the number one key is to know at all times where Justin Jefferson is, learn from the mistakes in game one, and cover him, maybe even double cover him continuously. And then kind of go from there. Does this, this, I I had kind of that little gut feeling. I still picked the Packers to lose the other day against uh, the Miami Dolphins. But I kind of had a feeling that they could pull it off. I don't feel good about this game coming up on Sunday. Do you feel good about this game coming up on Sunday?
3: Um, well, the injuries are worrying, first and foremost, because playing without Christian Watson has done a bit of a death knell for this offense, so there's that, and then we don't know if they're going to have either of their tackles, David Bakhtiari or Yash Nijman. so on offense, that worries me very much. If they're all healthy and Watson is out there and their offensive line is mostly intact, then I actually feel pretty good about this offense. It's looked pretty good. They've had their stinky moments, but by and large, they've been pretty good. I'm worried about Joe Barry's defense because Hawkinson's been very good. Justin Jefferson is probably the best receiver in football. And Dalvin Cook is really good, and he's been really good at Lambo when it's been cold the last couple of seasons, especially in 2020 when it was really windy and the conditions were rough. Now, common sense would tell you that Joe Barry's going to do his best to scheme one of those guys away. Like, we're going to triple-team Jefferson and force the other guys to beat us. Or we're going to take away Dalvin Cook, And let Justin Jefferson go wild, but he can't win a game by himself, right? Like, that's what a normal defensive coordinator would do. Joe Barry doesn't do any of that. Like, against Miami last week, Jalen Waddell was getting his. Tyreek Hill was getting his. Raheem Moster was getting – like, he didn't take away anything last week. So, I I really worry about this game just because of Joe Barry and this defense. If the offense is healthy, I think they have the pieces to hold their own and – play competitively with anyone, and the Vikings don't pull away from anyone. They play in close games only, so I believe in the offense's chances if they're healthy this weekend. The defense scares me, because Kirk Cousins is not going to do what Tua to Bailoa did last weekend, and Joe Barry has not shown me once yet this year that he can put a decent game plan together, so that worries me, yeah.
1: Um, I want to ask you about Aaron Rodgers, because I know the one thing has to be true. He has to play a lot better than he did in Miami. Do you feel like rogers in some way shape or form is struggling do you feel it because we thought the thumb was healed up so i don't think we can use the thumb as an excuse anymore do you think that uh, you know he's he's just off because that was about as poorly as i've seen him play in a long time and nobody's really uh you know kind of gone in depth into addressing that
3: well the interception to Lazard was off I don't think Lazard really did Rogers any favors on that play. Like, I, I don't know if he wasn't looking for the ball, but Lazard is 6'5". He plays like he's 5'11". You know what I mean? Like, if Lazard played with the physicality of smaller receivers, he would be unbelievable. He just doesn't really go up and get the ball. He doesn't rip the ball away from defenders. So that interception, I, it, it was bad. Lazard probably make it, made it look a little bit worse than it was. I'll defend Rogers on that. But that early sack that Rogers took on second and long, that's just crippling. You can't have that. And the miss to Watson over the middle, I I would just prefer not to go deep on third and fourth down, but we crossed that bridge a long time ago, Bill, so that's a lost cause, uh, throwing deep on um, third and fourth and short. I I talked about this on Tuesday when I got back from vacation. Rodgers needs to be mistake-free guy. That's what he's been his whole career, and the Packers have built an offense around that. Uh, uh, they've built the offense around assuming that they will win the turnover battle, that they won't give the ball away at all, and they won't make any really dumb mistakes. Because Kirk Cousins will make dumb mistakes. Geno Smith, Brock Purdy, Jalen Hurts is inexperienced. The rest of the quarterbacks at the top of the NFC are not Tom Brady. They're not Mahomes, right? They're not Justin Herbert. They're mid-level guys who are prone to mistakes. If Rodgers is going to make a couple of mistakes every game, He's no better than any of these other guys in the Packers roster. It's not the Vikings. It's not the Eagles. It's not the Niners. It's certainly not the Niners. So Rodgers has to play mistake-free football, right? I know he's capable of two or three special throws a game, but if he also makes three boneheaded plays a game, the Packers are barely treading water on offense. We can't have it. So I I agree with you, yeah. Rodgers is an aging veteran. He's at least got to have it going on upstairs, Bill. He can't make the dumb brain fart mistakes. And there were a couple of them on on Sunday. If we cut those out, this Packers offense can be really good, but we can't have the brain farts. And there've been a couple of those last few weeks, like you said.
1: I'm talking with Grant Pills of the Wisco Sports Show at Wisco Grant over on uh, over on Twitter. Um, the first half of the game the other day, I had made a note of it. I know Aaron Jones went to get his ankle retaped. He was on the table, got his ankle retaped, but only had three touches in the first half of that ball game. Are they not going to him because of stupidity, or are they not going to him because you think he was nicked up? Because I this whole thing of, yeah, that's unacceptable, we got to look at the tape, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, he's one of your most dynamic players, and at times the play calling seems to totally eliminate him from the game plan. I feel like he's got to be banged up.
3: He's got to be built. Because, you know, we've had complaints about Matt LaFleur and some of his assistants and the, his Packers coaching staff, but I, they're not that dumb where they just forget Aaron Jones is out there. So I feel like their game plan was revolving around other guys, and I'm assuming he was banged up. A.J. Dillon is useless if it's above 40 degrees, apparently, because he had a really poor game. I don't know what the advanced numbers say. I don't know what the grades were, but just the eye test. He was he was really struggling and did not play well on Sunday. Maybe the Packers wanted to come in and throw the ball, right? Maybe they were afraid of Miami's defensive front pretty good, Bradley Chubb and Christian Wilkins and, and Jalen Phillips, who's been one of the best pass rushers the last couple weeks. So they have players up front. Maybe Matt LaFleur just wanted to go away from the running game. And maybe Aaron Jones is just banged up a little bit, which would make sense for three touches in the first half. But then you got to get him involved in the passing game, especially Bill after Watson went down. Like they really didn't involve like this. This was such an anemic performance on offense. They ran 65 plays and had 300 yards. How, how, how does that make sense? I, I still don't understand how they won that game on Sunday. And forgetting about Aaron Jones has happened too many times this year. He's got to be banged up because I don't believe the Packers coaches are that dumb. But it's not like we don't have precedent for them forgetting about Aaron Jones in the past. So, I, I don't know. It continues to be a mystery.
1: I know it sounds stupid because you lose depth, but Dean Lowry going down. And I, I know he's a work dog. I know they like him, his work ethic, he's veteran, and yada, yada, yada. I get all that. But I I got to be honest, I like what I saw out of Devontae Wyatt. I saw a quarterback hit. I saw a guy putting pressure, a guy getting upfield. Um, I'm not saying he demanded a double team, but I was kind of impressed. I don't know if I should look forward to Devontae Wyatt now getting the start, but I'm kind of excited about it to see what he can do against this Vikings offensive line.
3: You should, you should be excited. They drafted a 24 year old defensive lineman. You don't draft a guy who's almost 25 years old. If you don't intend to play him at least a little his rookie year. I don't know what the grades say on Devontae Wyatt, although the pro football focus grades in a small sample size, Wyatt is graded out pretty well relative to the rest of the Packers defensive line, and a small sample size is a part of that. But every time Wyatt is out there, I notice him, Bill. And I don't think it's because I'm looking for him. It's not like I'm watching with a tooth a comb looking for rookies and looking for numbers. Every time Wyatt's out there, I notice him. He pops off the screen in one way or another, and that's more than you can say for Dean Lowry, who by and large for most of his career has just been out there running around. So, no, you should be excited for Devontae Wyatt. I absolutely am. I wish they'd use Quay Walker in a pass rushing role because without Rashawn Gary, they need to generate a pass rush. I, if I were a defensive coordinator, would simply use one of my better athletes, more versatile athletes, the one that, you know, I got in the first round. In the first round, um, But Joe Barry, I know that's, you know, that's a little bit much to ask. But, no, I want to see more out of these rookies, and I think they need to be set up in – a position to succeed like Quay Walker I think has been hung out to dry I wish they wouldn't do that to him I thought that's why we brought Devondre Campbell back and so Quay Walker could be more of a ranger roamer hitter guy but again Joe Barry is finding a way to muck that up I would absolutely be excited about Devontae White to get back to him yes absolutely Bill because I notice him when he's out there and I want to see what else he can do
1: let's see the let's say the Packers do get the win on Sunday do get the win uh, the following Sunday do find themselves into the postseason and Let's just say that the, the the first team they face is Minnesota in Minneapolis, and let's just say that they deliver the knockout blow to the Vikings. <laughs> does Joe <laughs> Barry deserve to keep his job?
3: Uh, That's an interesting That's a lot of what-ifs. That was like three or four what-ifs right, right? or no, but I'll go here with you. I, man, I just don't think Joe Barry is a schematically smart coach. I, I don't think he does things until four or five weeks down the line when it's become obvious to everyone else. I don't think he, I know the the mid game adjustments and the halftime adjustments, that's such an overblown point that fans talk about, but I, I just don't find Joe Barry to be clever, inventive, interesting as a defensive coordinator. I, I, w- I want my defensive coordinator to try things and move guys around and do different things. with him. he doesn't do that. I, I would get a whole new staff regardless of how this season pans out, honestly. And you know, look, they, they win a Super Bowl. I guess that's a different conversation. But I, I just don't think the staff has shown over the course of the year that they can put together interesting, inventive game plans. They're not a technically sound defense. They don't tackle well. They don't hold up well in coverage. Somebody's always in the wrong spot. So, no, I, like, two went through a bunch of picks the other day. That didn't make me feel better about Joe Barry, right? That made me feel a little bit better about Rasul Douglas and Jair Alexander and their instincts to be in the right place at the right time. But... I just don't think Joe Barry is an interesting defensive coordinator, and I want someone who's willing to plug and play and try things and, and be inventive, and Joe Barry is not that guy. So I'm, I've am i been done with Joe Barry for weeks. I'm looking for someone different, and I'm looking to completely change up the defensive culture in Green Bay after this year, because I think it's been crummy for a while now.
1: Okay, I'm going to go to the opposite end of the spectrum. We talked a little bit about it today. Uh, I got into the conversation yesterday with a few people that I saw downtown, and they were saying, you know, if the Packers aren't going to win a Super Bowl, then what are we doing? You'd don't. you you'd rather have a higher draft pick, and you really want to see a couple of games in which Jordan Love actually gets a chance to play. I always want to see the Green Bay Packers win, but there is this sentimentality like they're screwing this thing up because nobody's going to get a chance to see Jordan Love kind of see if he can actually win a ballgame or two and either drive up his value for trade or whether or not you know if he's going to be the next guy for the Green Bay Packers. How do you feel about all of that?
3: Okay, well, first of all, really briefly, one thing. Ben Kenny, your guys has been talking this week, and I agree. I think if the Packers would have started Jordan Love for most of the season, I think they'd have about the same record. I don't think Jordan Love would have won the Cowboys game, but I think he would have won the Detroit game, and I think every other game would have gone similarly. Rodgers, in every game, has made a couple great throws. Like, that throw to Lewis down the sidelines. That was one of the best throws I've seen him make right. all year. That's, that's an all-time... Rodgers throw, but as you said, he made a couple of boneheaded plays too, so with Rodgers you're breaking even, I think you can break even with Jordan Love, now, that being said, Bill, this is nuts, the idea that the Packers are messing this up they're, what, messing up a losing season to try to make it into the playoffs? No, now a couple of weeks ago I thought the Packers would lose more games, so I figured at some point they'd go to Jordan Love if it's not in the cards to go to Jordan Love because the team is winning and it looks like the team might actually be able to make it into the playoffs, then you go into the playoffs. That, that's nuts. No, making the playoffs is never a bad thing because I think this roster is better than they've shown. So I, I think this team could get hot and have an upper gear. I don't think they're as good as the Niners or the Eagles, but I, I don't know. You never know. I'm slowly but surely starting to come around. But, but the idea that they're messing up this season by winning and, and, and getting very close to getting into the playoffs, that's nuts. And, and we got to knock that off.
1: Grant, always good, pal. I appreciate it. Who you got winning this contest coming up? Coming up on Sunday. Give me the Packers. If you had asked me a month ago who's going to win this game, I would have said the Packers, just because
3: I think this is a rivalry game, It's really? a division game. They're going to be close. Yeah, I think the Packers win this game. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, all right, bud. I got you down. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next week. Have a great New Year, okay?
3: Yeah. If I get this prediction right, it'll be the first one I get right on your huddle all year. So fingers crossed. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. You have a good New Year too. Thanks all right, for bud. Them.
1: Talk to you later. There you go. Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show. You can find him over on Twitter, at Wisco Grant, at Wisco uh, Grant. Going to come back, and don't forget, after the top of the hour, we're going to talk with Mike Clemens up in Green Bay as well, our Green and Gold reporter there. We'll get his thoughts on all of this, and we're going to talk a little bit defensively speaking about the secondary, some of the things that I'd asked him off the air. We'll ask him on the air about whether or not it's freelancing that helped that secondary against the Miami Dolphins kind of this past weekend or whether Joe Barry did a few things that were different this past weekend. We want to get into that. We are broadcasting live. We're at Club Paragon Highway 100 in Greenfield. That's where you can find us. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Hang in there. We got more coming up right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin
0: Sports Zone Network.
1: so much as always hanging out we're broadcasting live out here at club paragon highway 100 in greenfield and uh, if you're watching on the bud light live stream uh, you've been kind of you know seeing as the crowd grows but also uh, and it's just a, a portion of this place uh, the camera shows i mean it's a good wide angle but huge bar but man uh, off directly in front of me there's I don't know. Twenty-something people having a party, and then behind it in the party room, they've got another fifty people that are having a company Christmas party. Uh, some off to my uh, left, and and or excuse me, my right, uh, which is your left in the television screen. So a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of people out here at uh, Highway 100 here uh, hanging out. Um, watcher says, "Hey, have a cold one for me." I will actually. I'm gonna I'm gonna have one tonight. I'm gonna do that. I don't normally, but uh, a couple of people came in that I know, and uh, they said, "Hey." Uh, you know they're out here out this way for uh, Christmas parties and out this way just kind of hanging out. So they said they'd swing in and say hello. So I I got a I got a Bud Light. So I'm I'm good to go there. I'm gonna do maybe a uh, a nice a nice uh, Buffalo Trace when I get home tonight. But uh, I got a Bud Light in hand and I'm I'm good to go. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Also. Um, this is the uh, is- Isias Gal- uh, Gonzalez says. Do we think that Nathaniel Hackett could be back? That's a great question. That's what a lot of people have been asking since he got fired. By the way, speaking of that, did you say? Did you see that Russell Wilson said he's devastated that Nathaniel Hackett was fired? He said, "I could have played better." Duh, duh. First of all, he said obviously devastated about Coach Hackett because because I think he's an amazing man, amazing teacher, amazing father. Watching him with his kids and what he's been able to do and how he's taught uh, the game for us uh, this season has been a season we never thought it was going to happen this way and it did. He was the guy who put all of his time and all of his effort into us players, his staff and members, everybody coaches as well. I think he's an amazing coach, one of the brighter minds I have been around. Remember Aaron Rodgers had a lot of the same things to say. Here's the one thing about it. I remember coming in to the Packers organization in 1999 and one of the brighter minds was Ray Rhodes. He was a defensive coordinator, he was a defensive-minded coach. They had just come off of an offensive-minded coach, and they wanted to make the defense better. That's kind of the way the pendulum swings, right? And Ray Rhodes was really solid at putting and scheming together defenses. I just remember talking to, to Ron Wolf, and he was really excited about the hiring of, uh, of Ray Rhodes. And then when he got into the job, he realized it's not about scheming a defense. It's about running an organization, hand-in-hand with a general manager. It's about injuries. It's about who to replace, practice squads, other player personnel moves. It's about following up with everybody on the team, whether it's a player, it's a quarterback, it's a lineman, it's a defender, whatever it happens to be. It's, it's, it's allowing your quarterbacks and your defensive coordinator and your offensive coordinator all do their thing. It's, it's bringing guys together. There's so much more to it. It's your annual radio show and meetings and television shows and all that crap. It's not just sitting at home at night or sitting in the office at night and looking at film and scheming your defense for the opponent it's not it and some guys just don't handle that very well i'm not i don't know what happened to nathaniel hackett but some guys don't handle that well they stick with what they know and they get lost in the other minutiae of stuff maybe that's what happened in nathaniel hackett he is a bright mind he is a good guy we wish him nothing but the best especially since the fact that he was over in the afc you know, I don't think we wished as, as much well-being to Luke Getze when he went to the Chicago Bears. But uh, Nathan, Nathaniel Hackett didn't work out. And let's be honest, between you, me, and the fence post and everybody in Seattle that already saw something, uh, to say that he has not played well, Russell Wilson making that statement, he could have played better, is a massive understatement. He absolutely sucks this year. The next coach is going to have to get Wilson to play a, a not only better, but I mean like a whole lot better. If Wilson plays as badly next year as he did this year, it's going to raise serious questions about whether the Broncos a, and that enormous investment was basically invested in a guy that is woefully past his prime. And that that is a an albatross of money. Uh, they have it. one hour down, one hour yet to go. Mike Clemens going to be joining us coming up next. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more coming up. Broadcasting live at Club Paragon, Highway 100 in Greenfield. It's the Bill Michael Suttle brought to you by Bud Light. We'll be back right after this.
0: for some football he talks green and gold this
1: is the huddle with bill michaels welcome back we are broadcasting live we are at club paragon highway 100 in greenfield and i love this place always have jeff is a, a terrific guy owns the place his staff is just the nicest group of people they just are they just always treat us so well every time we come in the food is good and it's always been just a great gathering of regulars out here. It's always like a, a centrally located area where everybody kind of, kind of, kind of meets up at some point or another. Just a, a really cool spot, and uh, always glad to get here. We make our yearly pilgrimage here, to uh, to Highway 100 and Greenfield. Very rarely do we get here in the warm weather either. It always, always seems to be like it's really cold outside, or it's in the colder months. Although today, not a bad day to get here. Uh, let's do this. Uh, joining us now over on the hotline, our good guy uh, is Mike Clemens. He's hanging out with us tonight. Uh, Michael, how you doing, pal? Good. I love the wood finish inside that uh, Club Paragon bar.
4: I think it's fantastic what that place
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
4: Yeah. Um, I'm fine. Good, uh, good today stuff. we we had some surprises. At practice today, Bill, and um, that was that Aaron Rodgers wasn't out there. I mean, you kept looking around, and it was Jordan Love and Danny Etling that were taking all the snaps. Uh, Christian Watson, who's got a hip injury, left the game with that, uh, was present but not practicing. Same for Keyshawn Nixon, Nixon your uh, returner. Uh, he's uh, dealing with a groin injury. He was actually on the injury report last week, uh, and was limited on Wednesday and Thursday. Full participation on Friday, has the 94-yard return uh, in the game on the Dolphins. Have not, he's not really talked to us since then about what triggered that, but uh, they're dealing with that. So it turns out it was, it was Aaron Rodgers when he was, um, uh, he got sacked. It was a play in the second quarter, and you could see that there was a big pileup, two or three guys, you know, their 300 pounds or so, and he walked away from that. But he he kind of, you saw him uh, hobble back to the huddle a little bit. Uh, He said it didn't bother him in the the second half of the Dolphins game. But uh, that's what's going on with the injury report here in Green Bay.
1: Uh, Mike, I want to go to, uh, real quick, to something that a a buddy of mine brought up to me. I want to ask you this, and then we can get into the rest of the stuff, because I know you had a chance to chat with Aaron Rodgers and such as well, but um, one of the questions was, and, and you and I have talked about this, about the secondary and about some of the guys being vocal about the defense and about Joe, Ver- Joe Barry's scheme and such. And, you know, it's not that where they're coming out and bashing it, but eh, maybe they're not all on the same page or in agreement. So the question is, did this defense just play better freelancing with Rasul Douglas and Jair and company in the secondary against Tua, who apparently was concussed? Or did they do something defensively that got after Tua, that threw him off his game, schematically speaking, where Joe Barry did a few things different in the second half that helped this defense out, in your opinion? Yeah, Bill, I thought that Matalow Fleur was actually pretty
4: open about this, and he tried to describe it uh, after the game and actually went into detail about it on Monday, that there was a technique that they thought he said that uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and ask one of the coaches about this more, but that uh, he would, that Tua anticipates. He anticipates. So I think that that means that there's some, there's some sort of tendency that they found out that Mike McDaniels got him on, t- on timing routes. And so, therefore, if you have this formation, if you have this kind of a look in terms of the coverage, if you watch how he takes his quick drop, And he gets the ball out of his hands nicely, quickly. But I think it got to be predictable. And I think that they were. And so instead of worrying so much about, oh my God, how do I keep up with Tariq Hill? It was more like, where's Tua going with the ball? And so they they were able to play the ball more instead of worrying about you know getting burned on a deep route. And that's how they end up getting three picks and back to back. Uh, drives in the second half that literally flipped the game in favor of Green Bay.
1: I, uh, I I'm, I'm, which I'm glad. I, as a matter of fact, it's funny you say that because Rex Ryan was saying the exact same thing. He said, I've been screaming for all year that two is either a one, maybe a two-read guy at best, And he always looks where he's not going to throw the ball. He said, we've noticed that tendency. We've seen it. It's out there. You know, I mean, it's it's so others are noticing it, too. It's like a common thing in the NFL now, I guess, is the best way to put it. So uh, now you come into this contest where you have to learn from what you didn't do in game one. Wayne Laramie said, one, you got to make sure you know where Justin Jefferson is at all times. And two, the second biggest key to this one is probably putting pressure on Kirk Cousins. Do you see the same thing?
4: Yeah, it's got to be different, and, you know, that was what was so devastating is that, you know, you'd built up that on paper you had a really good defense uh, and, and a healthy defense and, and all these weapons, and Rashawn Gary looked great coming out of camp, and you're going to have this pressure on, on Cousins, and you just get drilled, and how can you have paid, made Jair Alexander the highest-paid corner in the NFL and not him go have him go one on one with Justin Jefferson who's simply running crossing routes through your secondary and open left and right just inexplicable uh, bad coverages because they thought well you know the speed and, and the way these guys run their routes we'll stick in a zone and then and, and and we should be able to if we stick to our rules we can do it no no it's that's not going to work and and so and for like 2 weeks uh, LaFleur and Joe Barry, maybe Lafleur was just saying what Joe Barry was telling him, was like, if you want me to put Jair Alexander one on one on Justin Jefferson, then I can't run my zone defense that way. If you if you have one guy, that you know, it's a, he wants all eleven, we're covering your zones, even down to the to the defensive lineman. And you know that that brings me to a flashback of like a maybe an OTA or mini camp practice, Bill. Where Joe Barry had his starting eleven defensive uh, players out there, and one time, it like they almost looked like Pop Warner, but he just stood out there like where a quarterback would be, and he pointed the ball, pointed left, pointed right, pointed dead center, pointed left, and he wanted all eleven of those guys to drop back and hold their space and go left, right, deep, and you know cover the field that way to feel like they were an entire unit. Well didn't work you run a guy across that secondary and you know he's gonna and if he's that talented like jefferson he's gonna score on you
1: um, also you know they need christian watson back um, I, I said hip injuries are very difficult to come right back from um, especially if it's a flexor or something like that where you just get sore I don't want to sit here and, and pontificate that I don't believe Christian Watson is going to be back and that he's not and have somebody quote me on it, but it, they're hard to come back from, Mike. I, I would not be shocked if he was not playing in this game this weekend.
4: Yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I can't remember too many times a guy's got a bruised hip of any kind and he's back, you know, week one. They, If a guy says it's a hip, it's pretty serious, and, you know, I can think of Robert Tunyon. Has had problems with that as well, at, you know, at tight end. So, um, or else, or or they just felt that you know they had some momentum going in the Dolphins game, and at the slightest hint that something was going to happen to you know their best weapon on offense right now, that you know they just made a decision like, hey, we don't have to play him anymore. Get him out of there now. Let's rest it. Let's get him ready for the Vikings or the Lions. Maybe it's that kind of a decision. Uh, so we'll have to see. But, um, no, usually that particular kind of an injury uh, really raises questions about if you're going to miss a, a couple of weeks with it. Um, and, in that, you know, for a guy like that, you know, that, where speed is his whole thing. David Bakhtiari, by the way, was on the field today, as you probably heard, um, limited, but uh, he was back out there. Elton Jenkins was, was out there, too. And Rogers, you know, talked about that, you know, he took the time off Today, kind of a veteran day off for him. Rarely does he take those, but uh, you know he had that knee injury that he said that he had two or three, you know, three hundred pound guys on him, and when he started getting some fluid on the knee on the plane ride back, that's when they probably made the decision to have him sit here. So, can I can I play one little clip that I a little give and take that I had with Rogers yeah. today? All right, Bill. So yeah, go ahead. You know, um, you remember you know Rogers said. After you know losing to the Titans and losing to the Eagles, and it looked like it was, it was over. It looked like it was over five six weeks ago for the Packers that they had no chance uh, at all uh, of uh, getting slipping into the playoffs somehow. Um, he said, "Well, you know, I know this. We're probably going to be the underdogs for the next several weeks." Well, they're favored by three and a half points today, and there's some personnel that uh, you know used to be with the Packers like Shannon Sullivan and Darius Smith at the with the Vikings. So here's what I asked the quarterback at his locker room about an hour ago. About six and a half weeks ago, you correctly predicted, well, this team was probably going to be underdogs for a while. This week, you're favored. What's your biggest concern facing this Vikings team that you know, seems to have a talent playing it right down the last play of the game?
1: Yeah, they've had an amazing uh, record, 11-0 and uh, in one-score games. Well, that's the league, you know. You win those games, you're going to be playoff-bound. Struggle or break even, you're going to be you know, struggling or find yourself at home in, in uh, January. So they've done a great job of that, winning games the last second. I think they've won like six in the last uh, play of the game, something like that. Uh, so obviously
4: you had uh, you know, play really well in crunch time. On defense, Rashawn was having such a great season. Preston's being productive. But how much has this team missed this is Darius Smith this year?
1: Mm. I mean... He didn't play a whole lot for us in the previous year. He played real well in the playoff game against San Fran, but um, Z basically played the first game about, I don't know how many snaps. It wasn't the whole game. And then uh, he didn't play till the playoffs. So uh, we didn't get a real healthy Z for most of the season. Um, you know, Mike, uh, Z had some things to say on his way out the door uh that weren't necessarily sitting well with aaron Rodgers as well i i don't know i mean we all know aaron Rodgers takes everything in he squeezes out the stuff he doesn't want and then he holds the rest in like a sponge and he just sits on it uses it as a chip on his shoulder do you get the sense that uh this is one where they were embarrassed uh obviously between shannon sullivan and zadarius they were doing a lot of celebrating uh, not getting chippy, but it was certainly something that Rogers looked back on the field a couple of times. Do you think he circled this game to say, the, the, I want this one desperately, not just because of the postseason, but because of who's playing on the other side? Yeah, and I also thought, to me, when he got done answering my question, I was kind of surprised no one
4: else asked, has been asking about Smith because he was such a big personality here, right? He was huge. And, mm-hmm. yeah, we know that he was, you know, on IR most of the last season with his this back injury. And then, you know, he got signed by the Vikings. He, first he could have gone back to the Ravens, but he signed with the Vikings. It's no different than Brett Favre. Like, you don't want me back? All right, now I'm going to see you you know, at least twice a year. Uh, he, you know, he's absent. And he's, he's got his coach there, Mike Smith, outside linebacker coach. He's back there with his buddy Mike Patton. So I just thought that Roger's answer there – for me, <laughs> reminded me like, hey, how's Amari Rogers doing? Well, he's our returner. That's all I got for you. I thought he was kind of dismissive because I remember when Zadarius Smith arrived with Preston, with uh, Adrian Amos, these free agents that Goody brought in. Um, that during the all-season program and they're learning the floor playbook. Uh, that. Uh, Aaron said, man, you know, Zadarius had this barbecue the other night, invited all the team over. It was such a great icebreaker, and guys get to know us. We haven't had that around here in a long time. And so he credited Zadarius Smith for being that locker room leader. So here he is today saying, yeah, you know, he didn't play much for us. No, we, we're not messing him. So, I, so something clearly happened with the way Zadarius Smith was received in that locker room after that back injury last year.
1: Yeah, it, uh, I agree. It's it's whether he just felt like he was being slighted or if he felt slighted by others in the locker room or maybe there was something expected. Or maybe, you know, Mike, uh, it goes back to there was others that trust Doc McKenzie. We all know that Zedarius got the opinion and then went somewhere else to make the decision to end his season, a season in which the Green Bay Packers felt like they, could, they had everything kind of rolling in their direction, like, this is it, here we go, and then maybe they feel like he bailed on them when he didn't have to. Maybe they, they hold that grudge, you know what I mean? I think that, you know,
4: Zadarius Smith went from the guy who in big games during the regular season, you know, he had one of those sayings on his T-shirt, and he'd get a sack, you know, and he'd get the crowd going into it and everything, and, you know, he'd be one of the leaders, obviously, in the team of quarterback sacks. Then you get to games like against the Buccaneers, or the 49ers the year before, and he just he didn't seem to be out there playing with his hair on fire. Like, where was that fire? So then you fast-forward to last year, going into to last year, and Zadarius is lifting weights. He feels something pop in his back. He's told it's a bulging disc. The Packers look at it, and they said, you know, we think that if you just rest, that maybe we can bring you back in six weeks or so. He saw the second opinion. He went to L.A., and they said, oh, no, no, We've we've done this with some other players. We'll go in, we'll fix it, and you'll be better long term. Uh, but you'll probably you're going to miss more time. Well, apparently the Packers did not like that he went outside the camp you know, with that medical decision. He did get back on the field, and as Roger said, you know he had some made some nice plays in what turned out to be their final game of the season uh, against the 49ers. But at that point, Goody just decided for two reasons. Um, I don't like the way you handled your business. And secondly, I think that was also a result of the money that they were trying to slap together to see if they could keep Devontae Adams here, you know, that contract and one other. And when that all didn't work out, then the money just ended up being left on the table.
1: You know, it's interesting, Mike, real quick, and I know we got to run, but it's interesting because they were trying to put the Devontae deal together. Devontae wants to play with Derek Carr. And they just subsequently just benched Derek Carr. And now Derek Carr is so pissed he doesn't even want to return to the team. He's going to take time away so he's not, quote, a distraction. So something clearly has gone on there. I just keep hearing all of this echo in my head of, you know, the teams don't treat us like people. They treat us like commodities. But yet, you know, when they feel like they're being treated like commodities and a guy like Zadarius makes the decision what's in the betterment of his long-term career for himself as a person the guys inside the locker room took offense to it, seemingly took offense to it, because they wanted him to sacrifice the body for the season. You know what I mean? Yeah, you well, know, I heard you and Ben and the callers
4: today on the show uh, breaking it down. I thought it was an excellent discussion. I was kind of listening, actually, between you know practice and locker rooms today. And the thought that came to my mind is this. You know, well, you just saw what the, the buzz saw that Nathaniel Hackett ran into in Denver. I mean, this is a smart guy, and he clearly gets along with players. But I don't understand how Russell Wilson just ends up being such a head case because I've been around him dozens of times at Super Bowls and whatever, and, and and we know people that covered him at Wisconsin. He's never seemed to be that guy. But between Russell Wilson on his own agenda and then George Patton putting together a roster of knuckleheads uh, with the Denver Broncos, I don't know if – I think Rodgers has got – and this is a question I'm going to have for Aaron next time we get a chance to talk to him was, do you actually appreciate that you get good quality people here in Green Bay than some of these other teams? right So when you take, when you take it to the Raiders bill, to me, I think Josh McDaniel is in is, is, is in panic mode. I think he sees what happens to Frank Wright. I think he sees what happens to Nathaniel Hackett in Denver and he's got to come up with something for Mark Davis because Mark Davis is not happy with what he sees, how much he spent getting people into that new stadium and all that situation. And I think that this is a – I don't know anything about the kid that they're going to start, but I think that this is Josh McDaniel trying to – you know, this is CYA for the, for this move, rather than trying to fix oh, their yeah. car and that company.
1: Hey, one more question, and I referenced this earlier today. I said – I go back to 1999 when I first got here. It was right after Holmgren left. Ron Wolf was really happy. He went the opposite direction. He went defensive. He found a guy that's a really good, solid defensive coordinator, Ray Rhodes, brings him in. They struggle. They're 8-8. Eight and eight. He fired him after an 8-8 eight and eight season, which a lot of people really were upset about. And I talked to Ron, both on the record and off the record, and he basically said, look, some guys that are coordinators, they look prepared. They look like they're on schedule. They're scattered, and, and all they know is how to be a coordinator. They can't handle the pressures and the rigors of all the information they need as a head coach. And that's all I kept thinking about was Nathaniel Hackett doesn't mean he's a bad coach. It means maybe he's just not cut out to be a head coach. Some guys are just really, really good at breaking everything down and putting together what that, that little realm of what it is they do. They're, they're good at putting that together. That doesn't necessarily make them head coaching material, you know what I mean? Yeah, and even though he's grown up in football with his dad,
4: Paul Hackett, 49ers, Chiefs, you know, Uncle Mike McCarthy off to the side there as a tight end coach in Kansas City, all of his experience, when he puts the headset on and he's now managing a game, and he calls for, like, what was a 64-yard field goal on Monday Night Football? And people just thought, he, you know, are you nuts? He lost fans, he lost the media, he lost the team in one decision, and it just unraveled. Week after week after that, Um, to me though, and the other thing is, you got Sean Payton out there, who says he'll bring along Vic Fangio. Now, of course, Vic was a head coach out there in Denver, but you know, I think teams are lining up for the Sean Payton sweepstakes.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt about it. it wouldn't it be interesting if Peyton got the job and brought Fangio back to be his defensive coordinator, which is a lot which is a, a guy that a lot of people here as Packer Nation goes are pining for to be the next defensive coordinator of the Green Bay Packers. Mike, great stuff as always, bud, and we'll talk again soon, okay? Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it, pal. There you go. Mike Clemens joining us for a couple of minutes. Great discussion. Great discussion coming out of Mike uh, up there in Green Bay, after sitting down and talking to uh, talking to Aaron Rodgers a little bit earlier today. Good, good stuff. Broadcasting live at Club Paragon Highway 100 in Greenfield, we are out here today, and it continues to uh, kind of fill up, which is awesome. Some people coming over and saying hello. We certainly appreciate that. Want to say hi to Jason and also uh, Cassidy, who came over and said hello during that uh, quick interview. Just kind of waved, uh, but I know them both, so thanks for coming. Let's do this. We're going to step away, quite take a quick break, and come back. Brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We've got more right after this. Oh, yeah. This is
0: the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network.
1: Good to have you, the Bill Michael Suttle. We are broadcasting live. We're at the uh, Paragon Highway 100 here in Greenfield, Greenfield. In Greenfield, I should say, on Highway 100. Uh, but good crowd as people continue to kind of kind of trickle in and hang out with us tonight. Uh, thanks to Jack. Jack came over and uh, and brought another Bud Light over, and I'm like, ah, and I got to drive tonight. I can only I'm, one's my limit. That's it. I'm done after that. But I, I, I thank him. He's a good dude. Jack's a good dude. He listens every day too. Uh, by the way, and gotta say hey to uh, to Buck Bradley or Buck Buckley, Buck Buckley's Construction Group, uh, because a couple of the guys are here, and uh, they said uh, they listen every day when they're cruising around in the trucks and on the site. So awesome stuff. Thank you so much. Always appreciate it. Um, we uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Going to get into the rest of the games going on around the rest of the NFL, as uh, so this weekend is a whole lot of interest and a lot of what's upcoming, because this weekend you have some rather interesting matchups. Obviously, the Titans are still fighting for a spot. Derrick Henry on Thursday night probably not going to be playing. Cowboys sitting at 11-4 and four right now trying to get themselves completely solidified. You've got uh, the Lions. They got to get a win over the Bears to stay in contention and play the the, the Packers on the last weekend of the year for all the Marbles, if indeed it means to get into the postseason. The Giants are facing the Colts. Do the Giants lose the next two? Got San Francisco now playing the Derek Carlos. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders, really good game on Monday night. You've got uh, the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. That could possibly be for the number one overall seed in the AFC by the time it's all said and done. If the Chiefs should by chance lose to the Broncos and lose uh, on week uh, 18, you've got also the Packers and the Vikings, as we had mentioned, the Commanders, well, as Aaron Rodgers said, we're all Browns fans this week. They're taking on Cleveland and in Washington so or in uh, D.C., so, you got a lot of quality games. You got the Dolphins fighting for a pl- uh, position right now. They're in the playoffs, but the Patriots have to have this one. The Patriots are going to have a legitimate shot at still making the postseason as a wild card. They got to have it. So, that's a game that matters. The Steelers and the Ravens. The Steelers are fighting for a spot. The Ravens are fighting for the top spot in the AFC North. That's a good game that's coming up on tap. Uh, that's the late game coming up on Sunday night. A lot of good Jaguars are fighting for a spot. They're taking on the Texans. A lot of meaning in a lot of these games coming up this weekend. So we're going to take a look at all of them, start making our picks, because some of these things are going to be quite tough, to be honest with you. We'll look at some of the spreads as well. Uh, so let's do this. We'll take we'll stay out because we went really long with Mike, and we enjoyed it, but we went long with Mike. So let's take a break. We'll come back, and we'll take a good look. At all these games coming up this weekend and start making our picks. Myself, Ibo's uh, in studio filling in for Ben Kenny, who is out tonight uh, getting his f- flat fixed, and that way he's able to make it to work tomorrow. Stay tuned. The Bill Michaels Huddle continues. More from Club Paragon brought to you by our friends at Bud Light coming up right after this. This is the Huddle with Bill Michaels on the Wisconsin Sports
0: Zone Network.
1: the bill michaels sports Shock network Bud Light, the proud sponsor of our uh, program here tonight as well the bill michaels huddle we are out on the road we're at club paragon and highway on highway 100 in greenfield and a good crowd continues to trickle in they got stuff coming on uh going on out here all all evening long they got the the, the dart leagues they're going to be heating up uh, over way off to my right coming up here in a little bit and uh, like i said they got some christmas parties and and pool tables are being used, and all kinds of good stuff. So a lot of good stuff out here still. And uh, they've been giving away uh, Bud Light tchotchkes all night long as well. So if you want to uh, get a shot at shirts, hats, koozies, free beer, <laughs> come on out, Club Paragon Highway 100. Um, so let's get into this because uh, interesting things coming up this weekend for uh, a lot of teams when it comes to the, uh, the the end of you know final couple of NFL weekends. And uh, let's just start off with the game that's coming up tomorrow night. Now, the Titans are going to be with most likely Derek Henry nicked up. They say he's doubtful with this game. Tannehill is out. Uh, they are tied with Jacksonville right now for the AFC South. Meanwhile, the Cowboys are sitting at 11 and 4 in the driver's seat. They obviously have uh, a, a lock into the postseason. They would be more so fighting for per- per- position than anything in this uh, but the Titans are 12-point uh, underdogs coming into this contest, and rightfully so. Uh, Evo, I will defer you. First of all, somebody said it doesn't matter what happens to the Titans tomorrow night. And I, I thought, well, wait a minute. If they lose and Jacksonville wins, then the Titans would thus go from possibly winning the division being in the postseason. They have to beat the, the Jacksonville Jaguars then the following weekend. To end up in a tie, would they end up in in or out of the postseason? I I haven't read all the scenarios because it's mind boggling. But am I am I correct in the assumption that tomorrow night's game uh, in in Tennessee actually matters for for uh, Tennessee? You are
2: correct, Bill, and it's being uh, mind numbing and confusing. That's what you are definitely correct on,
1: in all of that. I, okay,
2: I, I, I'm right. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, so I'll give you an answer in a second. But I want the Cowboys to be as relevant as possible for their last game of the season uh, against the, what is that, the uh, the Commanders? So the Packers, the if they yeah. win out, can potentially get in. So we them boys.
1: I think, that, I think that works. um I'm taking the Cowboys on the... Yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys on the road to get the win. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, Noon kickoff on Fox. Lions uh, up at Ford Field. Uh, They are favored by six, hosting the Chicago Bears. Now, the Lions have to win to stay in the hunt to get in the postseason. Chicago's a bad team, beat-up team. Justin Fields, we all know, has been in and out because he's been nicked up this year as well. But I think the Lions – first of all, if the Lions win – I can't remember the last time the Lions were 500. This will put them at 500. They'll be 8-8 eight and eight on the season. So not only are they still fighting for a postseason spot, something that that crowd is going to be evidently fired up for, but they're actually going to be 500, which I, I can't believe. So... I'm going to take the Lions at home, and I, I would even venture a guess at the Lions cover in this one.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you. The Lions are playing for a lot. They're very inspired. Um, I'm trying to look up the last time the Lions were actually 500. They are above 500. 2017. Just looked it up. 9-7 in and and 2016 as really? well, 9-7. It seems, well, they're such losers, you know, okay. so it seems like forever ago. And then <laughs> like, like, you just feel like they always have, like, maybe three wins. But, yeah, I think the Lions the Lions are going to be done against the Bears.
1: You got the Cardinals, who are awful uh, on the road, taking on the Falcons, who are just about as bad. Uh, I was I was all on board at the beginning of the season to see the Cardinals go down in flames. Kyler Murray was a petulant whiner baby. Uh, I thought kind of a jackass, and what he did, and the way he held that franchise hostage for the contract, and then they being stupid enough to pay it. I am I am so giddy that uh, that the Cardinals went down in flames all season long. I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons at home. To get the win and knock off the Cardinals.
2: Yeah, the, the Cardinals are just a complete and utter dumpster fire. Kyler Murray's got to go and play some Call of Duty. I don't even think he's going to be focused on it. I don't even think anyone's focused, you know, on the Cardinals. Falcons. <laughs> Falcons go to six and ten on the year. Bill,
1: let's give me the give me the birds. There you go. Uh, Broncos. And remember, you've got to now poor Russell Wilson, who feels devastated that Nathaniel Hackett has been fired because of what a great guy he is. And the Broncos go on the road in a division rivalry against the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs still fighting for the top spot overall in the AFC, so something to play for. They are 12-and-a-half point favorites. I think, Russ, I have not, I can't remember the last time I saw a quarterback who was so highly touted Fall off the shelf like this in like a like a long long time. Maybe like when Dan Marino his last year or something. But this has been awful to watch, and also. Kind of fun to watch, to be honest with you. I'm going to take the Chiefs to get to win against the spread, the 12 and a half, 13 or better. I'm going to take the Chiefs to beat the hell out of the Broncos. Got
2: you got what offensive linemen on the Broncos pushing around their backup quarterback as he's trying to defend Russell Wilson. I'm reading reports that Russell Wilson's more, uh, you know, focused on being famous than he is a football player, which, you know, kind of goes hand in hand. There has never been a bigger fall Mm -hmm. from Grace than the weirdo that is Russell Wilson. Chiefs in a big way over
1: the Broncos. Did you get to know him at all when he was uh, the one-year wonder with the Badgers?
2: No, no. Uh, like, he always seemed like a nice guy, right? And then once he got to the NFL, there was just, like, the switch that was flipped. He just, it's just a very bizarre, he's like a walking corporation. Like, I, I don't know what
1: it is. It's very strange. Yeah. He, uh, he always had, he was always very pleasant almost like watching the movie Pleasantville where things were too nice <laughs> yeah. like you just felt there was something lurking below the surface that was just everything you saw was a facade and was crap and now you're kind of seeing some, of the, some of the facade fall away nice
2: reference uh, yeah. bill Ple- yeah. what Weird a movie, movie. well yes. done
1: russell wilson means he's like an mk Thank ultra
2: he's like an mk ultra candidate or something i don't know what he is like something going yeah. on <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's 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 a white claw posing as a beer. Uh, you've got uh, the Patriots. <laughs> the Patriots are at home and uh, they're taking on the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins absolutely positively need this one, and they are now in a funk because obviously Tua looks as if he's in concussion protocol and he is not coming out of it anytime soon. They're being investigated again. The Patriots have to have it. Uh, Dolphins aren't winning this game. I, it's only it's still going to be like fifty degrees up in new england but i'm gonna say the patriots they have to have this one bill belichick out schemes them and the patriots get the win over the dolphins coming up this week hey
2: i don't know bill there's a reason why teddy bridgewater the backup quarterback for the dolphins wears two gloves it's because he's going to be a little cold his, his hands are going to be as cold uh, something tells me just maybe mike mcdaniel who i, I think he noticed uh, what to a take of i was acting strange on monday uh, watching tapes so i didn't go checked out what an interesting story about his brain this whole year. Uh, Something tells me the Dolphins with Teddy Two Gloves are going to eke one out.
1: Uh, The Giants, the team we're rooting against, uh, they're at home facing the uh, Jeff Saturday-led Colts. The Colts get that one win over Las Vegas, and they have just sucked ever since. And losing a 33-point lead to the Vikings had to be the nail in the coffin for Jeff Saturday to think that he's going to get this job in some way, shape, or form. I'm going to take the Giants. I hate to say it, but I'm going to take the Giants at home to get the win. Uh, They may not cover. But I think the Giants at home get the win coming up this Sunday.
2: Yeah, I really hate to say it, too, because, you know, my, my eggs are in the commander's basket of them losing a game. Giants got to lose two for the Packers to have a chance if the Packers win out. So I, unfortunately, am going with the Giants, too. The the Jeff Saturday experiment is uh, not going to end well for the Colts.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I can't imagine that. They, if they do keep him as the head coach, boy, again, much like the, uh, the Cardinals, you, you deserve what you get. Uh, as much as I like Jeff Saturday, although he wasn't really like a, uh a, a camaraderie favorite in the locker room when he played that one year in Green Bay. He wasn't he came in with a lot of hey, I played with Peyton Manning type of knowledge and I was his guy, but he he wasn't uh, his, he didn't endear himself. His to one a year lot of guys in the locker his
2: room his one year with the Packers Bill, uh his jersey hit the Clearance Island T J Max like halfway through the season. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I kid I saw
1: it. I with my own eyes. I kid you not. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Uh, the Eagles at home, they're taking on the Saints. The Eagles looking to hold on to the top spot in the uh, in the NFC and still be the number one seed. They're favored by six over the Saints. Uh, I don't care if Taysom Hill plays every position. I, I don't think they're beating the Eagles. The Eagles get the win. The Eagles get the cover. The Eagles go to 14-2 and two on this season.
2: Hey, there's still Packer fans hanging on to that thread of Taysom Hill being the, uh, the all-time greatest player to ever exist on the face of this earth. But I'm going with the Eagles over the Saints as well.
1: Mm-hmm uh then uh, before we take our break uh, you got the buccaneers and the panthers now the buccaneers uh it's funny i was watching uh both the nfl network and i was watching the four letter network and they both said just can somebody beat them and put them out of our misery tom brady just looks bad Uh, between him and Mike Evans. And Mike Evans comes into this contest with a whopping three touchdowns on the season. That's it. He's got more drops than he does touchdowns. Brady looks bad. 21 touchdown passes, but his interceptions continue to climb. The Panthers, that's a whole rebuild. They stink. Uh, I'll take the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just because maybe the coin landed that way. But th- this is a matchup of two inept teams that are clearly looking for next year to start the rebuild process. Yeah, could you
2: imagine though if the friggin' Panthers go on and win, and then the NFC t- South is tied oh. for the Buccaneers and the Panthers? Oh my god! And-, and God, god forbid yeah. the Saints win too; they-, they all would be seven and nine. So, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm t- just Tom Brady, I guess. And uh, give me the Buccaneers. Why not? Just end the end that division yeah. right now. Yeah,
1: just just shoot me. Yeah, I get it let's do this we'll talk about the browns and the commanders when we come back and everybody else that's still on the dock and including the green bay packers we'll get into that pick coming up here shortly as well uh, we are broadcasting live and brought to you by our friends at bud light and we are a club of paragon highway 100 in greenfield and it continues to get a little more and more crowded more and more people filtering in and filling up the tables and more areas around the bar so thanks to everybody for stopping out and saying hello stay tuned we got one more segment including the packers pick coming up next in the bill michaels huddle
0: this is the huddle with bill michaels on the wisconsin sports zone network
1: Welcome back to the program. Final segment of the Bill Michael Soto. We are broadcasting live. We're at... Uh Uh, Here at our friends at Club Paragon, Highway 100 uh, in Greenfield and hanging out tonight. Good crowd on hand, dark uh, group on hand. and They're running a lot of Bud Light specials, so you still got time. They're going to run it all throughout the evening, I'm told. So if you're looking for uh, some of the specials they have, some Bud Light specials, they got food specials and such, Uh, come on out. I know it's buy one, get one half and such, and they're giving away some of the Bud Light Chotsky shirts and hats and koozies and NFL stuff and all kinds of stuff. So come on out and grab it here uh, here at uh, uh, Club Paragon on Highway 100 in Greenfield. Getting around to the rest of the National Football League and some of the other games that uh, we want to get to, uh, talking with Ebo, uh, the Commanders, we need them to lose. Uh, this one or the next one against the Cowboys, but uh, Deshaun Watson has not necessarily come in and set the world on fire. And uh, Jacoby Brissett is now uh, being a guy that they're looking at. And although Deshaun Watson is, is going to be the starter, but at least Jacoby Brissett had 12 touchdowns on the season. Chubb has 12 touchdowns on the season. The commanders are going back to Carson Wentz and getting past Tyler Heineke. So you've got all kinds of quarterback play going on there. I still think the commanders get the win in this one. I just don't think they have the Browns have enough to beat them, and uh, they're going to be in Washington. But they're just uh, two-point favorites, so it's really kind of a pick 'em game in this one. Maybe Vegas knows something, but I'll take the Commanders at home to get the win.
2: I, Bill, have taken a sign from the football gods, smiling upon us, that the Washington Commanders and Riverboat Ron decided to go with Carson Wentz, who is an absolute bum. He stinks. I am going with the Browns getting a win at FedEx Field and helping out the Packers. I, there's something in me says because the football gods gave us the nugget of Carson Wentz that the Browns can do it.
1: Okay. I'm going to hang on to that. I'm circling that now because you, you, you've got me convinced. So Wentz circling stinks. That one. He stinks. Meanwhile, a, a game that not a lot of people care about, well, the Jacksonville Jaguars do. They're trying to get themselves into the postseason and what Trevor Lawrence has done. Down the stretch here has been nothing short of phenomenal. He's got a good quarterback coach and Doug Peterson now coaching him. He looks like the guy everybody thought he was going to be last year. Jacksonville's climbed back to a game within 500. They're taking on the Texans. Jacksonville, four-and-a-half-point favorites. I'm saying I don't care. that The Texans got a win last weekend. Who cares? Jacksonville still beats them. Going into Houston this week, and I'll take the Jacksonville Jaguars to get the win.
2: Yeah, I'm taking Sunshine as well and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Texans are just, they're dumpster fire. Trevor Lawrence is balling. Going Jags.
1: Yeah. The- uh, this is going to be an interesting game. It's a three oh five game on Fox, and uh, the 49ers, who are jockeying for position in the NFC, and still, I mean, if uh, the Vikings get beat, they could end up being the, uh, the number two seed in the NFC by the time it's all said and done, so the 49ers still have something to play for. Now the Raiders have made the move and they have benched Derek Carr. Things are just kind of spiraling out of control. Devontae Adams not happy about it. Derek Carr is stepping away from the team. Things are really bad, and the 49ers are going to Las Vegas. Do the Las Vegas Raiders get a a, a jump from Stidham, uh, a jump from their head coach, or do the Raiders completely quit and the 49ers go in there? And and Brock Purdy, by the way, practicing this week and feeling better, Uh, so he may even end up playing in this game. Uh, Do the 49ers go in and just beat the hell out of the Raiders to finally put the final nail on the coffin of what is uh, McDaniel?
2: The Raiders, Bill, uh, it's like a guy in Las Vegas who just literally lost everything he had, everything to his name. He mortgaged his house. It's gone. Uh, He is left uh, shoeless and and roaming the streets of Las (laughs) Vegas wondering what the hell just happened. The Las Vegas Raiders are done. Give me the Niners.
1: There you go. I I would take the Niners by 15. I think in this ball game. I just I got the feeling that that defense is going to beat the hell out of Stidham, and they're just going to pound the hell out of the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. And it's gonna it's gonna make my heart smile. Uh, to be quite honest with you, the Jets they're still trying to get themselves into the postseason, sitting at seven and eight. Seahawks trying to hang around at seven and eight. And uh, Geno Smith was the, the kind of the comeback player of the year. He may still win it. But uh, they've got a t- tall task at hand because that Jets defensive front will going to get after him. I'm going to take the Jets who need it more on the road up in Seattle. To get the win, New York going east coast to west coast and pulling off the win, coming home smiling and sending the Seahawks finally packing. Yeah, who's even playing
2: quarterback for the friggin' Jets here? I've like I have no idea. Like, do you know who's playing? Uh, I have I no think, clue.
1: Isn't Mike White back? Didn't they? Didn't I, they clear I, him to play?
2: I think so. That's I think that's what we're going with here. So yeah, I'll take the Jets on this one as mm-hmm. well because man, is Zach
1: Wilson he is terrible. He's awful yeah. uh, and. <laughs> Another first-round draft choice—that's a complete bust for them as a quarterback.
2: He's—he wow. has the same stats to X amount of starts as Jamarcus Russell. Think of that.
1: Oh, that's just bad. I know uh, a while back they compared Dak to to, uh, to uh, Tim Tebow, Dak stats, and everybody went crazy. Uh, but Jamarcus Russell—that's—that's. That's, uh, and stats are stats; they're true. They're just storytellers. And yeah, that's that's an awful, awful. I don't want to be compared to, to Marcus Russell in any way either. <laughs> no. Uh, Rams, they five and ten. Uh, they felt like they had a little mojo with Baker Mayfield. They don't. The Chargers, they're still uh, starting to play some better football. And Justin Herbert, just when you think they're dead, they come back and they get a couple of wins. Justin Herbert, twenty one touchdowns on the season. He's thrown for almost forty three hundred yards already. Chargers nine and six at home. Uh, playing, you know, I can't really say at home because both teams play in the same stadium. I'm just going to take the Chargers in this one. Yeah, I'm taking
2: Chargers too. Uh, Baker Mayfield's kind of like auditioning for a little job you know, next year. We'll see what happens. But Justin Herbert, the Chargers, they're vibing right now. I'll take a I'll bolt up, take the Chargers.
1: Now, the emotional game that was, the Steelers got the win during the celebration of the Immaculate Reception after the death of Franco Harris. I didn't think they would, and they did. Kudos to them. Now they play the old black and blue game between them and the Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson still nursing the knee. The Ravens at 10-2. They're trying to hang on to catch Cincinnati, so they've got to win this one. The Steelers got to win this one to keep any hopes they have alive to get into the postseason. This is going to be at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. So I, I, got, I like the Steelers. I, I don't know. I just like Mike Tomlin. I like the medal that they have. I know Baltimore's favored by two and a half, but it's like Vegas is almost daring us to take Baltimore uh i'm i'm taking the steelers on the road sunday night football in that black and blue matchup between those teams i'm taking the steelers to win
2: it's a good matchup uh, a good little rivalry game and bill just because you're going steelers i'm gonna go ravens on this one give me a little home field for the ravens you know in baltimore I'll, i think it's gonna be a really good game but i'll go i'll go with the birds on this one
1: and i think lamar jackson's still out of this contest right he's not playing this weekend uh, i believe he is correct me not. if i'm wrong I think you were correct. I didn't think so. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking the Steelers. And then another game that has something to do with that division is Cincinnati is hosting Buffalo on Monday night. Now, this is a good matchup. You got Joe Burrow at 11 and four. 5-1 and one at home. The Bills are 12-3, and 6-2 and two away from their joint up in Buffalo. Cincinnati wants to win it because then they can finish off their division and just get it over with and don't have to worry about it. They're also jockeying for position. Buffalo's trying to hang on because they want to win their division to be the number one overall seed so they don't have Kansas City catch them so they don't have to go to Kansas City to get the win. This game is a great matchup on Monday Night Football. Only because they're at home, I'm taking Joe Burrow and in uh, Cincinnati. They're getting, by the way, they're one-point underdogs at home. Yeah. So Buffalo on the road, a one-point favorite. Joe Burrow has thrown for almost 4,300 yards, 34 touchdowns on the season. And it looks like he's, I, although I will say this, Lyle Collins, their big uh, tackle, out for the rest of the year with an ACL. It's going to be tough to replace, but I'll take Joe Burrow at home and Cincinnati to get the win in a very narrow margin.
2: This is an absolute juggernaut of a game, and as much as I love the Bengals and watching them, I love watching the Bills even more. I'm going to go Josh Allen, getting it done. Uh, We're going to circle the wagons, Monday Night Football. Circle the wagons.
1: Two quarterbacks that when they grow facial hair, it's terrible. (laughs) So it'll be a hell of a matchup. And then the matchup we have coming up on Sunday, the 325 game that most of the country is going to get a chance to see. The Packers are actually favored three and a half points at home. The Vikings uh, have the fifth worst scoring defense in all of football coming into Lambeau Field. Packers don't know if we're going to have yet Christian Watson. I would say we don't, but we'll have to wait and see. But they could get their big big left tackle back in David Bakhtiari. I just have a really bad feeling about this game. As much as I had a good feeling about Miami and I still took the Dolphins to win, I have a bad feeling about this game. I'll take the Vikings in a slim margin, say something to the effect of 33-30, you know, 28-27, something like that and the Vikings come back and snatch to you know snatch a victory from the mm. jaws of defeat.
2: Bill, I am feel the the Vikings are the luckiest team in the NFL all season they have been. They it's are. a metric. They're up by a plus 4 in the luck factor, the luck for the Minnesota Vikings. The Packers owe them one from that week one. Hopefully Joe Barry got his head out of his ass. Hey, let's Jair Alexander cover Justin Jefferson. <laughs> the Packers are getting a win at Lambeau Field.
1: You heard it here. I, uh, I, w- I would love nothing more from for that to happen, but when you go on the premise that Joe Barry has to get his head out of his ass, <laughs> right there you lost me. That That's where you lost me, man, so that'll do it. Good stuff tonight. Thanks, Ebo, for filling in for Ben. Hopefully he got his tire fixed. He'll be back at it again tomorrow because I know he's also got uh, a uh, Kenny and Halpern tomorrow night he's got to get to as yeah. well, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got it fixed. He, he, go. he texted me. So he he's... got it fixed. He's good. He, he did. Okay. Uh, that the, the tire drama is done. Good for Ben Kenny. There you go. Uh, Evo along for the ride. I'm Bill Michaels. And for everybody out here at uh, Club Paragon Hobby 100 in Greenfield, man, what a great night tonight. A lot of fun. Thanks to our friends at Bud Light, as always. Still come in the rest of the night. they got some Bud Light specials. They have some tchotchkes to give away while they last. Until then, time for us to go. Have a going, See ya.